0: Dragon Radio. I'm your host, Emma Wiestraff. I'm here on the phone today with Jim Virgus. Welcome.
1: Hey, thanks for having me. I'm glad to be here.
0: Now, for my viewers, you'll see the wonderful product because we're on the phone. My audio listeners, this is nothing unfamiliar to you. So welcome to the show. What is your book? I'm going to pre- butcher the name if you don't say it yourself
1: behavioral iridology.
0: Okay, what is
1: that? <laughs> I was hoping you'd ask me that question. <laughs> well, we all know what behaviors are, right? The what? Behaviors. Yes, so behaviors, behaviors. yes, we know what Characteristics, personality types. But iridology is not only hard to say, but it's what is it? And it's the study of the colored portion of the eye that's been around for a couple hundred years and originally it was used to determine the inherent strengths and weaknesses of the physical body. I've been doing this since 1987 studying with a man and I've had five incredible teachers actually behind these books but um, this was a system that used the same structural components that would look at the strengths and weaknesses of the body and interpret it for personality. So now we've got personality from the eyes instead of health and wellness but guess what they're all tied in our personality and our consciousness our feelings our feeling body they all contribute when we look and work holistically to the entire person and it's the entire person that we're treating not just the symptom or condition
0: okay one you're going through the eye which is I've never heard of this terminology before. So thank you very much for educating me. But at the same time, when you look at behaviors, when you look at health, you have to look at everything from mental health to the physical health. So everything's always related.
1: Yes, exactly. So we're treating the whole person and the bottom line is where the, where my mastery is and what I've, needed to figure out because in 1978 I fell 44 feet off a roof and landed on concrete and I was going to be in a lot of pain and they said in a wheelchair by the time I was 40 with degenerative arthritis so I began in the early 80s treating myself naturally and there weren't a lot of health food stores around back then and so it was how do I get out of pain and what is this thing about pain and so what I began what I learned over the years I'm 66 today and I still have pain But I have a completely different, I healed my back, I healed all the things that were going on. And what I learned through the process was that I could only get so far physically that I needed to look at the, we could call it the psychological component, Mm -hmm. but I'm gonna use the F word right now if that's okay. We've got to look at the feelings.
0: Oh my, we can't say that F word.
1: (laughs) I so apologize, i will probably edit it in post, it's okay.
0: Oh, no, I don't edit all this. This is good. I'm just
1: kidding. I'm just kidding. Yes.
0: You know, we don't talk about feelings. When you look at health, you don't look at feelings. We have doctors, our MDs that we go to, you know, for our pills and our prescriptions that go, here's another pill. Then we have our counselors that go, oh, you have feelings because of a, B, and C, we need to block those away. No, we don't need to block them away. We need to address them and expand them and feel them.
1: They're there for oh, I Oh, I love you, Melissa. Oh my God, somebody that gets it. Yes, and I'm going to use a special word here. It's honor. How do we honor our feelings? And what I've been talking about lately is, how do I have compassion for my own feelings, for my own pain? Compassion means to feel my own pain without judging it Mm -hmm. and going through it and experiencing it through the body and it's the magic it's an alchemy that happens when you merge with a feeling and this is one of the therapeutic aspects of my work that is delineated in great detail in the second book on relationships and conscious intimacy because It's an intimate relationship that'll move this level of joy, love, and your most painful feelings and your deepest wounds. And the idea is, is you can't learn to have a relationship with your therapist. How about if we did this with our partner? And this book is actually how to evolve your soul in intimacy. How do we actually use this conflict to create more love? And this is what I'm all about. My work's all about, my writings. Now, that's just the relationship side. There's a much bigger picture. But yes, the the interesting part is is that the the biochemistry and the physiology with where nutrition is today and what they know about natural health and medicine and everything is extraordinary. And once we get past that physical, when we get to the feeling side, it's all intangible. You can't touch it. You can't squeeze it. You can't hold it. And it's just, it's mystical. And so because you can't, we work with it in completely different ways, but it's actually the energetics of the feeling body that are creating our body chemistry and our physiology all the way down to accidents, illness, and disease. Exactly. Exactly.
0: Here's the thing. In 2011, I had Three strokes. I had brain surgery. I was told I would never walk again.
1: Holy I, smokes.
0: Yeah. And I would never talk English. I was not talking English when I woke up. I was talking Romanian and, and slurring speech. And I still have a little bit of speech impediment. But guess what? I had to get out of my brain and heal myself.
1: You are magical. And you know, as I'm looking at you on the screen, And and you're not looking at me because we don't have the video on. Mm -hmm. But look at whenever you look at somebody, usually one eye is a little bit more closed than the other. Mm -hmm. And that's the hemisphere that's shutting down unconsciously. And in me, it's my left eye, which is my right brain and my feminine. And in you, it's your right eye and your masculine. You are one strong woman. Mm -hmm. And your soul in the universe came to you. To take you out with stroke, because stroke is about power and authority and all that stuff, and it was it was designed to open your heart, and it did a beautiful job based on the, my interactions with you in these moments.
0: Well, if you would have met me before the stroke, I was very timid, very not outgoing. I went to work, had a nine to five, and that's all I did. I was unhealthy, mentally right. and physically. I looked unhealthy. If you look at me today, because I started loving myself first, when I started loving myself, my body started healing.
1: Wow. I am so, what a great message you're bringing out there. And we're bringing out there together because, because we're really only capable of loving somebody in a relationship Mm -hmm. to the degree we've loved ourselves and that's the barometer that sets the level of healthiness and intimacy we can create with somebody it can't do it in the head it's got to be in the heart Mm -hmm. and the heart is about the feeling body and we've actually broken the feeling body down into physical sensations emotions which are feminine but the masculine side of feelings are called belief systems or self-images have no emotion associated they're a belief i'm good i'm bad i'm right i'm wrong and these are set in psychology doesn't even really address it and those self-images are actually many times more powerful than the emotions but they work in tandem to cover each other up because they're both painful Mm -hmm. and we go to the next level we actually work with the pain of mother father god called states and, all, and then the, the other side of the feeling body is called our essence or our soul. So this work is called Embodiment, and it's the, it's the chapter in the Relationships book, which is Self-Love and Intimacy, A Guide to Conscious Relationships. And in that book, I, I go into great detail about how the feeling body works, how we work with it, how we honor it, self-images, all of it, the superego, the defenses. And I, and I break it down so that we have this dichotomy of how we actually work with the feeling body. That's just one tool. But it's, it's a uh, my work is, you know, it's very different because people don't know you can look in the eyes and read the soul and know the personality. So that's the first book, which is a nuts and bolts approach. But the real reality is before the soul comes into incarnation, it has a mission or a journey, or things it wants to accomplish or experience to learn and grow. And the soul chooses its parents and the family lineage to best support what it wants to experience and grow from. And your parents chose their parents who chose their parents. So each family represents different, fairly consistent behavioral qualities of why we're incarnating into this lineage. Your right eye is your connection to you, your paternal side of the family, your father and his lineage. And the left eye is your mother, your maternal side and her lineage. So we know the soul comes here, it chooses its parents. And it's like, and what's very interesting is that the patterns in the eyes are a genetic blueprint of inheritance. So what we've inherited from each side, we see structurally as either more masculine, which is dots or freckles in the eye, called sora, or we see rounded openings called lacuna, which are more feminine. And you can have one or the other, or you can have both. And so these determine our personality type. So the third book is actually about the family tree and what we've inherited. And then it goes back to the first book, which is about the patterns in the eyes and what they mean. And then how you put all that together to have a healthy, vital, conscious relationship.
0: Okay. Well, here's the thing. In spirituality, in the Native American heritage, and in other religions, the eyes are the gateway to the soul. You touch space on this. This is something passed down. Now, you take your soul that's being reincarnated, if you believe in it, because I know there's few religions out there that don't so I'm not going to be offensive, but at the same time, we choose our parents through reincarnation. If we have the feeling we don't belong to this family, what are we supposed to be learning from our surroundings? We're there for a reason. We need to learn something.
1: Right, and the reason we don't want to think we're from the family is because we're just like them, and we're judging them and hating them and don't want to admit that it's our lesson, too. And let me show you where this shows up the most. There is because through the family lineage, one of the ways we access the person, the personality, and what their mission is about is their specific gender sequence in their birth order. I use six levels of evolution, and each level has a yin and a yang, which makes 12, which is the magic number of wholeness and power in the zodiac and all of consciousness. And so, Based on those specific patterns, they create even more specific personality types. The firstborn girl with her mother almost always in their beginning years is a war. And if your mother is a firstborn girl, it's a guaranteed war. Unless that's a young mother today and there's a lot of consciousness and I see a lot of young parents doing the things that we never got. -hmm. And I'm seeing some magic happen. But for those of us, if you're over 20 years old, forget it. It wasn't going on yet. And so that firstborn girl and a mother clash heads, and the little girl is competing for the love of the father, which usually wins. The mother gets jealous because the little girl is getting what the father is giving to the daughter because she wants it. And they have a war. But as the awakening occurs, Many firstborn girls at about the age of 40, and I'm seeing it a little sooner these days, they actually begin to realize the woman that they hated, they're just like. And when that day comes, it's magical because that's when the healing starts to come. But if we judge ourselves for something and we see it in others, we immediately hate that person because we're not willing to look at that part of ourselves. Mm-hmm. And because it's in your DNA. So I come up with a theory that about a third of our personality, and, and I, I want to say whether it's incarnation or reincarnation, it doesn't matter to me. The fact is we're here now talking about it and nobody can predict past, present, or future. So let's just go with what we got now. <laughs> and, and so we're here in incarnation and we're dealing with this. It's like, how are we going to deal with it? Is It really becomes... And so you do the chemistry, you do the meditation, you fast, you cleanse. Because I had and was diagnosed with rheumatoid arthritis at 22, I started fasting and cleansing twice a year for 14 days at a time. My wife and I owned a colon therapy business. I've done over 100 colonics, and I'm still full of crap. And, And I'm sitting here going, and my spiritual awakening came because because I meditated every day for 20 years with an amazing teacher and I cleansed my body and I did exactly what you did. I started to awaken from the inside and it was because of pain. And we're sitting here talking to gays, sharing a similar story.
0: Yes, I mean, everything is connected. We don't know how to connect it if we don't look for the answers. But at the same time, we're here, we're talking about it, we're trying to teach. Now, you see, we're at war when you're first born female to a firstborn female child, me and my daughter are very close. We're very sister-like where me and my mother are very sister-like. Now you skip a generation, me and my grandmother are always at war.
1: Oh, that's so interesting. So did you have, so are you a firstborn girl?
0: I am the only child
1: Oh my, that's a whole nother set of circumstance. Did your father have any children from any other women or were there any miscarriages or abortions?
0: There were other miscarriages by my mother and my father, had. I'm the elders of his kids.
1: Okay, so that's a really interesting dynamic because when you have, and what's your, I, I'm, first I wanna honor and mm-hmm. say that you are breaking cycles and patterns that I don't get to see very often and my hat and heart are off to you so good job <laughs> thank you the second thing I want to say is that um the oh, where was I going with that the pattern with the father is is an important pattern but that pattern with the mother it it keeps the heart open and it keeps the heart very open but when you have Where I was going with that is, um, I was going to start a clinic on infertility, because over the years I've been doing this thirty-four years, Mm -hmm. and what I've seen with women that are having trouble getting pregnant is that there's always if if the body chemistry is pretty good and they're fairly healthy, because we have to always start the body chemistry. That's always where we begin. Mm -hmm. But then, when the body chemistry is pretty good and things are working, then we know it's on the unseen level. It's on the feeling level whether it's self-images, emotions, whatever's going on. And so when you have loss, if the mother doesn't appropriately or correctly grieve the loss of those children, then the subsequent generations can be, it can create a very powerful relationship with your mother. I've seen it go both ways where they can almost become a helicopter parent and clutch onto you with like protective and possessiveness or they can be detached but it's not anything in between it's going to be really really good or it's going to be very very distant and so it's the child after that many times that the the mother can bond with because the unconscious fear of losing a child sometimes is greater than the joy of giving birth to a child so the body shuts down because the mother hasn't grieved the loss and i see this consistently in women that deal with infertility and there's some incredible free information about where to go because it becomes psychological and then they get in vitro and they spend 50 dollars, and the body kicks out the child because it's like no we're not going into motherhood because i don't want to experience loss i don't want to feel the connection to this child and the loss that is devastating to the heart and the soul
0: That is very true. I am my mother's miracle baby. She had miscarriages before me and a stillborn. There you go. You want loss, there's loss. But me and my mother are close like sisters. We have always, we're not dependent. We're very, she's always pushed me to be very independent even growing up. But at the same time, she's like my sister. My daughter, who is my firstborn and my only child, Is my little mini me. She's my shadow, not by my choice, but by her choice.
1: (laughs) Wow. Well, it's a mutual. Your your souls chose each other. This is an agreement that you have. Mm -hmm. So it would be so powerful to um get pictures of your eyes and look at this because we're just scratching the surface. When I go in and look at this and I chart the family and the quality of the relationships, which is the third book, we can actually see what's coming downstream. So that when at a certain age you have, let's say a stroke, like you did, Mm -hmm. I want to know what age it is. I have charts and maps that in all in this book that then go out and they show you what the energetics, the archetype and the lessons are. And we use this word lesson very loosely. And I've really defined it. And I like to share it because, you know, the soul comes here with learning and to evolve and lessons and to grow. But what creates a lesson is an experience. So we attract experiences to us that are based in magnetics. They're based in karma. They're based in a few things. And so we bring experiences to us, and we call them illness, disease, and accidents. They're not. They're on purpose, every single one of them. So if we look at the precise location of where we're being hurt, the age at which we're being hurt, It'll point us to a grandparent, that grandparent is an archetype. We can look at their physical life and see what was going on in them. But you have a similar lesson as that grandparent, you're not learning the lesson. So we have to ask ourselves, lessons bring us experiences, but what gives an experience its value is how it makes us feel. And if something feels good, we want more of it, and it does't. We want to get out of pain immediately we don't get the lesson from the pain we take this we take that there's so many incredible healing instruments and devices and stuff to make all the pain go away and it's like i don't want to make the pain go away i want to learn what the pain has to teach me and when i get the lesson the pain goes away on its own
0: isn't that amazing when you start feeling your feelings and the pain that is causing the pain of your emotions Goes away on its own, and you don't need. Here's a pill. Here's a shot. Here's a whatever they're giving you.
1: You got it exactly. And there's a magic. There's a. I was. I've had some amazing five amazing teachers. One of them taught me a system he was creating because when I fell off the roof, uh, I broke my pelvis in six places. I developed back problems. You're going to go. Well, you're Jim. You're going to have back problems the rest of your life. It's like, no, I'm not. And so my chiropractor got me to a place physically. But then he said, I can't help you anymore, Jim. Your problem is emotional. I said, what do you mean? No, I didn't do that. (laughs) Uh, I just, (laughs) and he said, you need to find somebody that can help you with your emotions. And I just happened to meet a man who who was a chiropractor developing a system called embodiment, which is about how to identify, embrace, merge, and transform our feelings that ultimately bring soul parts back. We're actually doing shamanism work. And I never called it that. And I never will call it that. It's like we're getting to the truth inside the body, not our heads, not what we think, not what we believe, but what we feel and what we experience. And so when I, after about a year and a half of doing this work with him, the embodiment um, and my diet being clean, I was absolutely pain-free in my right hip, which was extremely painful and went on for over 35 years until I stopped doing my practices. <laughs> and, then we, and, and then we'll talk about the later part of life that I'm dealing with now. <laughs> it's like, so, but the point is, it's still the same thing and it's still another level. And we have to remember, uh, remember that we're not trying to clear anything. We're not trying to get rid of anything. We're not trying to release anything. We're actually trying to merge with it and welcome it and let the magic of acceptance and love transform it in our body. That's the secret. And when we can do that, it's not easy to do on your own. And yet, and in fact, Eckhart Tolle talks about it in the power of now. He calls it the pain body and you need to sit with somebody. So when I'm doing embodiment with someone and they're doing sadness, I'm involved in my, my sadness and I'm setting the field of sadness to create the alchemy and the transformation of it in that moment.
0: That's wonderful. I mean, okay, (laughs) I've had my counselors and my mentors and stuff through the years that didn't work because why? They want you to bottle everything up and ignore it. When the best counselor I ever had was a mentor I met doing this radio show. If you believe that or not. The best counselor I, I met through a radio show. Who does? You have to heal yourself. You have to want to be yourself. It's okay to have emotions. It's okay it's a, to
1: feel. And there's one. Yes, uh, beautiful. I love it. And there's one feeling. I'm going to tell you that when you get to the feeling of terror, it's nothing. But terrorizing; otherwise, you're not doing terror. Mm-hmm. And so, at these different levels, it's exactly right, and it's it is it, it's that kind of wisdom. What's really interesting, if we go to the next level of this, is that the lessons that are based on the feelings that we have set up resonant fields of energy, and they send it out. And if you're either with somebody or looking for somebody. You're going to attract somebody in your life that has your opposite iris pattern, and there's only two types, one more thinking and masculine, one more emotional and expressive, and they're going to attract like a moth to light, Mm -hmm. and that's what's opposite that creates the attraction, Um, but what happens is, is that we strike each other's pain, and the reality, which is the first chapter in the relationships book, is that What creates attraction on the unseen levels beyond the physical is when we have the same lesson in a different way than our partner. So the love together is designed to heal this pain. That's the beauty of it. And when we can each own it and not blame the other for it, this is about healing together with your partner because you can't learn to have a relationship with your therapist.
0: No, you can't. If you look at how many failed relationships there are friendships, uh, love relationships, relationships with therapists, relationships as parents. We're healing, but we're not listening. We're not right. really healing because we're not going through the lesson of the pain. You have to go through the pain to find the solution.
1: Well, and actually, yes. And with the way that I work with it, it's almost like when you go through the pain, the solution presents itself. And there really isn't a solution. It integrates because that's our darkness turning to light. And when we consciously honor and embrace our darkness with love and acceptance, it goes through the alchemical process and it turns into our light. And in, the, in, in this embodiment work, the cool part is you go through all these difficult feelings, but then all of a sudden it doesn't hurt anymore. And I, I use uh, kinesiology and muscle testing to track the body and where this is all going. And so all of a sudden the energy in the room changes and i and I go and everybody experiences the same thing. It's really bizarre. They have a kind of a tingling in their hands or a tingling in their feet. And that's that life force energy of the essence of the soul coming in. They're having an aspect of their soul integrate back into their body. We never tried to do a soul integration. We were only trying to get to the truth in the body. So that's really my big thing is I don't want to know the truth in my head. There ain't much to understand. I want to, I want to get to the wisdom of my body. My body knows more than my mind or heart ever could.
0: We tell ourselves, our brains, that our mind controls everything. Well, it's not. We have an existence on, outside of ourselves or inside of ourselves in our DNA that tells us everything we need to know
1: exactly one of my teachers said it best he said the mind is a jealous lover
0: yes i understand (laughs) that very well your mind okay if we break this down to our listeners look in the mirror what do you see it's not what everyone else sees or what everyone else tells you they see what do you see now, close your eyes. Do you still see that image, or do you just feel your body?
1: And a really Wonderful, yes. And one of the coolest things you're going to do while you're in that mirror is take your left hand and point to your left eye, because it's crossed in the mirror, and then look in your left eye, because the left eye is the feminine, and it's the receptive eye. So when you look in the mirror, stare into your own left eye. And when you're interacting with people, notice what eye you're looking at. Because if you're looking at the left eye, you're wanting to connect souls. If you're looking at the right eye, you have a message or you want to take charge or you're in leadership role. And so how we connect with people is really powerful. So to connect with our own soul is the way we do it is through the mirror, looking in your left eye, put a candle, turn the lights down, and say, "Welcome to my own self." And if you don't have a tear of joy, and by the way, did you know that tears of joy come down the outside of the eye, while tears of sadness and pain come by the tear ducts in the nose?
0: I did not know that.
1: Check it out, girl. Check it out.
0: I will have to pull out of my anatomy book. So look at that.
1: <laughs> you may have to just find an ecstatic experience of joy that brings you to tears and go, oh my God, they're coming out the outside, like he said.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, I could do that. That might be a little bit more enjoyable. <laughs>
1: Well, there you've used the joy word again. I love it. Exactly.
0: But unfortunately, we're almost out of time. So where can our listeners and our viewers connect with you?
1: They can connect with me over my website, behavioraliridology.com. We've got a new landing page that's just up now where you can see all the products and things. My phone numbers are out there. I love to talk to people. I don't do text messages. Send me an email. But just give me a quick shout if you want to have a question or want to know something. Um, And the new landing page is called buyiproducts.com. And on buyiproducts.com, you will see all the books. You'll see all the courses. We do certifications. We do training. Everything is there. And uh, I do my best to keep myself accessible to everyone
0: how wonderful and thank you for having all the resources right there on your website so we can connect to you
1: excellent well we try to make it easy
0: that's what we try to do but you know (laughs) human behavior sometimes gets in the way
1: welcome to the planet right
0: (laughs) (laughs) thank you so much for being on the show today jim
1: thank you so so much for having me i I had a great time with you What what an awesome experience
0: And for our viewers and our listeners, happy healing.